That thing where you kill loads of people, get arrested, get convicted, get executed, and then come back from the dead and kill loads more people. Yeah, that. You are listening to episode 6 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, and later we'll be discussing the surprisingly large number of films about serial killers who don't let a little thing like capital punishment get in their way. I'm Cliff, and my fellow Death Row Demons are CJ, Sarah, Richard and Holly. Hello. Uh, Richard and Holly, you good? Yeah, and I don't have a death row story, I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but but you you, uh, spent a week in Paris recently. Did you get up to anything relevant to our interests over there? Poster shopping. Poster shopping? What'd you get? An original poster for Possession. Set me back a little bit, but it was amazing. So, where did you find that stuff in Paris? Cine Images or something like that. Yeah, that's it. Cine Images. I bought an Ape 3D poster, which is awesome. I I got to check out the three 3D Blu-ray once I get it. Yeah. Um, and uh, CJ, you and I went to see a play called Horror at the Peacock did, Theater yeah. in London. It was um, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. It was much sillier than I thought it would be, uh, given that it's. Uh, a mime troupe uh, sort of going through the highlights of classic horror films you know you have scenes that are recognisable from The Exorcist, Evil Dead 2 uh, and I I thought it would be a little bit more artsy uh, but it had a real sense of humour to it a very enthusiastic audience as well, a lot of of gore some incredible visual effects yeah Um, it's sort of a a cross between dance and mime and magic show wasn't it? yeah yeah, I mean, I, was it saying anything? I don't know, but it was it was fun. Yeah, that was really good. And Sarah, um, I know it's one of your busiest times of the year for work, so you, have you had much time to watch anything? Um, no. <laughs> That's a short answer. I've watched nothing. I've watched about six films all month. Well, we'll uh, look forward to your contributions later, <laughs> as much as they may be. Um, oh, yeah, something funny happened to me, actually. In, um, uh, it was the night of the London Bridge terrorist attack. I couldn't get um, back home from where I was because the tubes weren't running because of it. So I um, called up a mate and went out to a late night pub in, um, in Hackney. And some bloke, some bloke I didn't know, just came up to me and st- suddenly started talking horror films at me and like within seconds we were talking about Italian horror films and he, go- <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh who is it who directed Rat's Night of Terror? And I was like Bruno Mattei and he goes, well you know, the th- did you notice in Rat's Night of Terror? And, I- and I'm like, I know what he's going to say now and we both said, yes the black girl in it is called Chocolate. How bad is that? <laughs> but I have no fucking idea how like within 30 seconds of him walking up to me this bloke I'd you, never met before just suddenly are you sure you weren't doing that thing where you get really really drunk and you're in a club and you walk up to the mirrored wall and you start talking <laughs> to yourself because I've done that before well perhaps he was a listener of, uh, of our podcast no hopefully he is now so if, whoever you are if you uh... did you did you plug the podcast yes of course I did yeah <laughs> um <laughs> If you if you are listening, then get back to us. Let us know. I've set up a set up a new email address for us: dx5podcast at gmail dot com. So anyone, we'd love to hear from our listeners, wouldn't we? Yeah, send us stuff. So, uh, what are our highs and lows of the last month of horror watching? Shall we start with you, Sarah? If there's been anything at all? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is really tricky. Basically, I think my highlight has to be a rewatch of the Neon Demon. Um, ah, cool. There's a lot in Neon Demon um, to talk about, really. What's your favourite favorite scene? 
I, I can't say that because it's a spoiler but basically it's 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 the end <laughs> no, right, I, okay. don't, I don't want to spoil it but yeah that just made me um laugh hysterically in the cinema and every time i've ever rewatched it since yeah it's a good film <laughs> it is very good not a fan i'm not a fan of um Refn myself but uh, i think no. leon demon is is his highlight yeah i don't i don't like any other of his films that i've seen but that one is is mm. just a delight it's basically suspiria but um no it's just basically suspiria <laughs> yeah and your low light um weirdly this is hard it's normally easy because i've normally seen loads of shit that i don't like um <laughs> just not really had a lot of time i think i'm just gonna pick um like basically all the other mop-up of the mummy movies that we were watching so we were trying to watch uh every mummy franchise movie that there's ever been um and it, in the end there's only like three of them that are worth watching so i'm just gonna say all the others are my low light okay <laughs> pick, pick one pick one for the letterbox list uh, like I, I literally i can't even remember um do you know what you've this is a trap because we've not seen the the uh the scorpion king but i think maybe is it the mummy returns the second 90s one oh, that, that was is fucking gash. garbage yeah. yeah that's pretty bad yeah let's go with that all right cool cj yeah um this is a tricky one. I I, <laughs> I went back through my log of films that I've watched, and uh, I I feel like I always struggle with the highlight. It's it's quite a soul destroying experience because I look at all the films and the ratings that I've given them, and I'm like, I have seen twenty two star films. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I worry that I've seen all the good films that there are. I worry yeah. that a lot. Yeah, that that the only chance yeah, I have of ever same. seeing anything I'll like ever again is if it hasn't been made yet. Sometimes I think it's you, CJ, not necessarily the movies. It's, it's me. you, it's not the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Being too harsh on movies. Wow. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, uh, maybe I'm just I'm jaded, but I, I want things to to really make me feel something. Yeah. You know, thrill me. Yeah. Um, I think my, my highlight was probably horror-adjacent rather than horror. Uh, I really enjoyed Free Fire, which I watched for the first time okay. about a week ago. Uh, the Ben Wheatley film, uh, I thought it really subverted what I thought it was going to be, which was some kind of Tarantino-esque, you know, 70s chic, Reservoir Dog style thing. Um, but it kind of took that as its initial setup and then just made them look dumber and dumber and dumber as it went on and just went further into absurdity and violence. Uh, and I, I just really enjoyed it. Is it better or worse than High Rise? I assume you've seen High Rise. Oh, it's oh, much it? better. Oh, okay. Much better Worse. than High Rise. I enjoyed High Rise yeah. a lot. So. <laughs> I, I thought High Rise was better. Yeah, okay. I didn't I, enjoy I, I love High Rise. I, I, uh, I didn't like High Rise, and Free Fire actually sent me to sleep at one point. It's just wow. so dull. I, I think part of the problem might have been because the characters are really sketchily drawn. I think if you know who the actors are and recognise the actors, then they bring sort of baggage to the to their characters whereas yeah literally michael smiley was the only actor i knew from the entire wow, cast that's really so, weird that's really huge, weird some huge names yeah i just just loved it that was my highlight and your low light uh and my low lights uh jumping on uh sarah's egyptian train uh it was the new version of the mummy the 2017 tom cruise clusterfuck uh Ooh. that was <laughs> absolutely abysmal it was the most cynically made just oh, awful piece of crap it just had utter contempt for its audience it didn't care whether it was good clearly about 500 people had, had had a hand in writing it total mess um just yeah worthless hated it 
That's my low light. I didn't think it was that bad. It had some issues, but I didn't think it was that bad. Russell Crowe is the biggest issue. Oh, Russell like, Crowe is the biggest issue. He should be taken outside like one of those horses that's just past any any use to anyone. Is and, he even uh, in it? Just like, removed. Yeah. I wish he wasn't. Way but he more is than he should be. In it really? Quite quite a lot. Yeah. In a completely unexplained arc that has no place in the the story. Right. Here should we go with next Holly. My high was um, Ganja and Hess. Which I think is a beautiful film, incredible cinematography, quietly brilliant, great music, and as my friend Sally suggested on Letterboxd, you know, there's a few different uh, metaphors, one for erasure, one for um, disease, like actual disease, and another for assimilation, and it has great performances from Dwayne Jones, who everybody knows as Ben from Night of the Living Dead, and Marlene Clark, and the director Bill Gunn also appears in it, and he's just wondrous. It was so good, and I think if you like the haunting atmosphere of something like Let's Scare Jessica to Death, then you should check out Ganjan Hess. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I don't remember loving it, but I did like the, did appreciate the atmosphere because it's very, uh, very grimy and um, yeah, haunting. Yeah, and my low light is uh, the 2016 movie Satanic. It was on like some oh. random generic movie on Netflix. That, that was my highlight. Well, like, I had six months and ago. And you were CJ's highlight it on was, the first episode of this. Get out. The first episode of this, actually, that was my highlight. Yeah, I loved I, it. I fell asleep on the couch about halfway through, and then I woke up like just as it was ending, and I was like so unmoved by it that I didn't even go back <laughs> to see what I missed because I didn't fucking care. And I just I did think it was sort of funny to watch a movie about like Satanism and Charles Manson made by people who think Coachella is like really cool and edgy, but, and they've was... probably never actually met anyone who's even remotely interested in anything counterculture. But but that was kind of the joke that those characters were. Yeah, exactly. but the whole movie was like that too. I I don't know. I I wasn't feeling it. It's not not good, CJ. <laughs> I thought it was Fulci-esque. Uh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's really I'm nice. just glad CJ likes something. Oh, I love it. It reminded me of, um, you know, the kind of kind of teen horrors like Fright Night and um, stuff like that, but for the Instagram generation. Yeah. I think I think I must just be the Instagram generation because every time you guys say that, I'm like, but I like this one and I don't like the 80s one. <laughs> you are the Insta- You've got an Instagram account, haven't you? Yeah. Sarah? Sarah spent about. 10 minutes this morning trying to Instagram a picture of a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Richard? Yes. Um, my highlight is a rewatch of the 1995 Swedish uh, splatter classic Evil Ed. Uh, as much as I love Bergman and stuff, it's probably my favorite Swedish movie of all time. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie. <laughs> I never get tired of it. I've probably seen it like eight times, maybe ten. Yeah, it just came out on uh, Blu-ray, courtesy of Arrow. So what's it out. about? It's about this. Uh, well, this you know, studio and their editor, you know, kills himself after watching too many you know violent movies. So they hired this new editor who isn't you know um, accustomed to horror movies at all, and he has to edit these new uh, splatter movies for international markets, and he slowly like loses his grip with the uh, reality. The more gory footage he watches, the more crazy <laughs> he gets. So is it Evil Ed, as in short for Evil Ed Ditter? Is that the... <laughs> well, his name is Ed, but yeah, kind Maybe. of. 
Yeah. But he's ed- yes. the editor. Yeah. But sold. But that's, yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> also, another Fright, Fright Night connection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah even um, like Steve uh-huh. and... Stephen Jeffrey, who's also in the chair that we'll mm-hmm. be talking about later. Right, yeah. So, yeah, evil lad. Ah, cool. Let's talk about Stephen Jeffrey <laughs> later then. Cool. I liked him. Like him. Still alive. Um, <laughs> and your low light, Richard. Um, I'll have to go with uh, Wes Craven Presents They from, I think, 2002, which I watched recently. Haven't seen it? No. Tell us about it. I haven't heard of it. Don't bother. It's just very, I don't know, uninteresting. It's about night terrors, dreams, you know, more dreams from Wes Craven. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like it. It's directed by the guy who did The Hitcher, which I love, but I don't know. It's just really bland and boring and not fun at all. Not worth talking about. Really. Right. Um, my highlight. I'm going with. Yeah, nothing's really stood out for me this month either. But um, I watched a um, early seventies uh, Italian crime movie. Oh, it's almost a giallo called Luomo Senza Memoria, um, which is Man Without Memory, or Puzzle, it's also known oh. as. Um, and I'm, I'm counting it as my horror highlight because of one scene towards the end where the heroine has um, been rumbled, and so she's been uh, chased by this gangster through her house, and she uh, goes into the kitchen, shuts the door behind her, leans against the door, looks around the kitchen for a weapon, and there on her kitchen table, basically next to the bread bin, is a chainsaw. <laughs> 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 Um, so yeah that was good and my low light is a film that CJ loved Pride and Prejudice and Zombies which is dreadful that's alright that's like kicking a puppy (laughs) like it's so sweet and good natured and charming well I hate Pride and Prejudice anyway as a story I find it really boring and it's very reliant on that it says you know probably 50-60% of it is following the same Jane Austen story um, but the zombie action is very basic, isn't it? Isn't not like great big makeup effects or anything like that. Yeah, it clearly wasn't there to be a zombie splatter film. Um, it was just a sort of cheeky riff on on Austin. Um, I hated it. I hated it from the minute it was announced. The book. Oh, I hate. Oh, the book can go fuck itself. Yeah, I mean, I I really really hate all that like literary mashup shit. It just absolutely destroyed the the horror section of the bookshop for for years. Um, which is why when the film was announced, I was like, oh no 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 no. Uh, and then I got invited to the to the premiere, and I thought, well, I might as well just go along. I'll just hate watch it, and you know whatever. And I just I loved it. I thought it was completely different to the book, which felt really snide and felt like it was taking the piss out of Jane Austen and kind of going, oh, look at this silly thing that ladies like, oh, let's put some zombies in. Uh, whereas I thought the film w- was much more in tune with, with what Jane Austen was saying with with her book. And uh, I, I don't know, and I found it so funny. Like, I laughed Really? Because I was yeah. going to say, for, for something that's called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, I didn't think there was a single joke in it. Oh, Matt Smith was so funny. Like, every scene he was in, I was just howling. Right, well, there are highs and lows for the month, so now let's go to prison and prove that a death sentence needn't be a death sentence. So our first feature this month comes from Wes Craven, and it's his 1989 film, Shocker. We are here today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker, whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. 
prisoner have any final words? Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I don't think he's dead. Craven brings you his greatest creation. No more! Shocker. A college football star's family is slaughtered by the serial killer Horace Pinker, but rather than kill him, the electric chair turns Pinker into a body-hopping demon who eventually manages to cross town through the electricity supply to continue his reign of terror. Uh, so the first thing to say about Shocker is that it is obviously Wes Craven's attempt to kick off a new franchise post Freddy Krueger, uh, and obviously it failed. What thoughts does anyone have about that? I think the reason it failed is because he didn't keep it simple. Like Freddy has a very simple MO. You've, you fall asleep, he gets you in your dreams, and Horace Pinker should also have one, in that he's Ooh. in the electricity, and that's that's the key, so you can get in your TV, your other devices, um, and that's how he gets you. Because I think, just as people are dependent on sleep, I think Americans in the 80s, there, there was definitely a concern that people were dependent on their televisions, and I think that's what Shocker, or part of Shocker, is trying to say, is, is kind of explore this codependent relationship with TV, and present Penker as this kind of murderous thing. You know, you watch TV, he gets you, and that's mm. what it should have been. Yeah. But Wes Craven can't resist psychic links, yeah. dreams, <laughs> body hopping, all this other yeah. shit. And by the end, it's like, what does he even do? What it, what, yeah. what is Horace Penker? It's 45 minutes before Penker's even electrocuted in the electric chair. Yeah. And I, I timed it as 63 minutes before he first does something with electricity, 82 minutes before he actually becomes this electricity using demon thing. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's sort of missold, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's just I mean, too at, much. At one point, he turns into a chair, doesn't he? Like this comforter. Like, yes. you know? <laughs> <laughs> a chair yeah, like, with eyes. Too much. It's a little bit of everything in this movie. It's yeah, corny. It's very silly. Very, yeah. yeah. Um, I did like the chair. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Right. Um, I mean, I like the film. I have to say, it sounds like it's slagging it off, but yeah, I actually I like it, it a lot. But it could have been way better. It's fun. It's fun in part. I like it. I think it's a little too long. It's way yeah. too long, yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny that, you know, before Horace is um, executed, he has a last request for a television. But, like, in the cell, he also has, like, jumper cables and black candles and something to light the candles. And, like, where did well, he get all that shit? <laughs> And like in Texas, they don't even give inmates on death row a last meal. So wherever he was executed, go there. Well, I, I wondered actually, watching a load of these films, whether um, having a full stomach when you're about to be killed is like a good thing, or does it just make the death a bit messy? Yeah. <laughs> I think they wear diapers too, or used to anyway. See, none of this happens in the films. You never no. see any of any of the shit. <laughs> No. <laughs> Why would you want to see the <laughs> shit? Well, I don't. Like, it's, it's, it's just weird that we've watched like at least six or seven of these in the in the past month, and, and nobody. Shit I'm sure they did. You just didn't see it. Because <laughs> who wants to see that? Yeah. It's not like Wes Craven actually tried to make it a very different new franchise no, character, is it? Because no. he, he's it obsessed again? with dreams. Yeah. That's what his issue is. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 Pinker cracks, makes yeah. little puns, doesn't he? Like finger licking good and 
Oh, I fancied a little head. Volkswagen. Hmm? His car, yeah. His Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> his Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I'll tell you one of the bits I liked was when um, the bed turns into water. Because yeah. remember we mentioned back in uh, probably in the School Slashers episode uh, that the blackboard in Prom Night 2 turns into water and like, you know, Evil Dead 2's got a mirror that turns into water. That That's one of my favourite tropes of um, 80s. <laughs> Fantasy horror, I think. <laughs> Flat surfaces turning turning out to be water. It's good. Wow. Another weird thing that happens is that um, uh, Jonathan, the hero's girlfriend, when she comes back as a ghost, and oh, she God, says, yeah. and she says, "Go back to hell where you belong, Pinker," and then shoots light out of her chest. <laughs> now, <laughs> where's that been set up? <laughs> Ghosts can Was do it that. Her, did she have her necklace back on? Was it from her necklace? Like her magic necklace? Yeah, the necklace has power. Yeah. yeah. Like love. Sign There's love. too much in this film. She turns into a star as well. Maybe all ghosts can just do that. Can you prove that they can't? Uh, no. no, true. true. You've got a good point. I think my, my favourite scene is the chase through the park. Yeah. Um, because With the little yeah, girl? So yeah, yeah, where Picker yeah. is just jumping into all these different bodies, including Kane Roberts, who was Alice Cooper's uh-huh. big muscly guitarist, uh, and yeah, the little girl from Flowers in the Attic, who is just so <laughs> good in this, where she <laughs> right. drives a fucking bulldozer and <laughs> just swears. And Come then on, you she... fucker, move! Yeah. <laughs> and when she's trying to imitate yes. the pinker limp, so and she's good. just yes, I love it. Park, it's so funny. I, just, I almost wish they'd played the whole film for laughs like that. Um, <laughs> Because there are some very. It was very Craven's funny bits. son as the jogger that get shot in the back? It was yeah, which is which is weird because Pinker shoots at Peter Berg's character and misses five hundred yes. times and doesn't uh-huh. hit him. Shoots once uh-huh. at Wes Craven's son and it's bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> and I do think I do think Horace once he becomes electric is electricityified and um, you see him like through a five hundred twenty-five line TV effect. I think that looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a shame that um, he's ultimately killed in the same way that Wes Craven had Freddy killed in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Just sort of evaporates it with a really bad effect. It's like, did he not get the message that everyone thought that ending was shit yeah. in a Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street? It's kind of the problem when you've got an intangible villain, I guess, is that how, yeah. the, how the hell do you get rid of them? Like, you can't... Ooh. I feel like if Pink is a metaphor for TV dependence, then... Switching him off is the logical conclusion somehow, but I'm not sure. I don't know. That's obviously not a very cinematic ending. <laughs> Everybody oh, no. just turns their TV up, fades to black. I don't know. So, verdict on uh, Shocker. I like it. I like it. I mean, I like it a lot, but it, yeah. it's not very good. <laughs> it's not very good. It's not very good. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, well, it came out a few months after House 3, which basically has the yeah. same plot. Mm-hmm. Any fans of House 3? I think it's not as good as Shocker. No, no, no. it's still right. It's okay. There's a good effects. Yes. Like fantasy effects. Like really good effects. Out of all the films we're going to talk about, I think that's got that goes most to town over the electric chair scene as well. Oh, God, yeah. Bubbly skin and all that kind of stuff, which you think there'd be a lot more of. And that, that's also got some like stupid surreal effects, like uh, Horace Pinker in the chair and Max Jenke from House 3, his face appears on a roast turkey. <laughs> 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 I thought the best use of like electrocution effect in in the chair and and in the deaths was in the chair from '88. I really liked oh, right, that they okay. used the, you know, the electricity to kill the people and that the warden kept seeing the uh, images of the person who 
originally died. I don't want to spoil it, but the person who died in the electric chair keeps having hallucinations, and it's just a really cool effect. It's quite a light-hearted one, isn't it? It's, it's more of a It comedy. starts out as a horror comedy, but then there's a tonal yeah. shift, like, halfway through, and it turns into a horror drama. Sort of reminded me of an off-off-off-Broadway play. Like, mm. it's very stagey, and it's I didn't get that at all. Theatrical. Right, okay. Weird. Well, I'll see I, what I you mean. I definitely got a... I, I like the characters and I don't know, I, I enjoyed it. The light heart knows. There's a lot of good actors in it. Yeah, it's got a great cast. Mm, yeah, oh, the cast is, is very good. James so Coco. James Coco, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's very good, yeah. And Stephen yeah. Jeffrey, of course. Yeah, uh, Stephen Jeffries is in it. Yeah, yeah I like Stephen Jeffries. Uh, got a funny funny face and funny voice. You've seen all <laughs> his movies? I, saw him in, I think was. Um, <laughs> No, I think no. Well, no. <laughs> um, Catholic Boys was the first thing I saw him in. Really enjoyed him in that. Um, so yeah, nice to see him pop up in the chair and uh, also Fright Night. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, had an interesting career since, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he made a load of uh, porn films, um, gay porn films for for what it's worth. But um, but yeah, he was quite a prominent uh, porn star, which is unusual. You, you sometimes get people who make the transition the <laughs> other way, um, but you very rarely get people who go from mainstream films into porn films, although there are a few. I'm just trying to see if he's got any funny film titles. Um, there's uh, The Cockpit. Why? <laughs> 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 um, leather Intrusion Case 4, Down to the Wire. Butt, butt Blazer. I don't know if that's uh, something you wear, a butt blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Seaman Training Day, spelled the, uh, the the nautical way. <laughs> three dicks are better than one three. That's a good one. Which is a confusing title. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he, actually, you've just reminded me as well, the other film that he was in, the, the sort of adjacent to these ones was 976 Six, Evil, yeah. which yeah, was yeah, another yeah. attempt to kind yeah. of do a Freddy thing. I Think, didn't Robert he directed England it, direct yes. That? Oh, Robert England directed it. Yes. Yeah. Stephen Jeffries was the main protagonist slash yeah. antagonist. Yeah. Um, he was great in that. Yeah, really, really good performance. <laughs> 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 Little joke there for the regular listeners. Yeah. It's, it's not surprising, really, given how big Nightmare on Elm Street was, that everyone tried to copy it and tried to get another, another thing going. But why exactly... Uh, all these were all these films in 1988 to 1990 made about executed prisoners <laughs> coming back to life. I have a theory. By the mid 1980s, uh, electrocution was a way of the past. They started doing lethal injection, and one of the main reasons that by the mid 1980s they started doing lethal injection was because there were four or five highly publicized cases of botched electrocutions. And in what, 19 you mean they came back from the dead. And no, them no. Right. But in 1985, there was a man who it took uh, five attempts, and it took him 17 minutes to die. And that was a like that was the last major one before they just switched over to lethal injection. And I, I have a feeling that may have influenced it because it was in the early part of the 80s and these were in the later part of the 80s. Yeah, that's that's probably a much better and more coherent theory than mine. <laughs> I think, Which is, uh, what was your theory? Well, I just thought it was interesting. Ted Bundy was executed um, around 1989. And I think because it was such a high-profile and horrifying uh, case, I think people were, were kind of scared that there would be another... Ted Bundy, perhaps, and that even if you do electrocute him, 
he's he's coming back. A little bit abstract. <laughs> but, you know, horror always plays in. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Really. I also thought it was interesting that in, in reading a little bit about uh, electrocution in the U.S., in 1989, uh, there was another botched electrocution where it took uh, two different jolts and nine minutes for him to die. But the guy's name was Horace. Pinker? Uh, no. I don't know if it had any influence, no. It was ha- Horace Duncan's. But right. I don't know if that had any influence over Craven or not. I don't know if it happened before or after. I thought it was weird that, like, Pinker and, I think, is it Jenky yeah. in House 3? Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, Pinker, <laughs> Pinker, Jenky, they're all sort of weird, weirdly similar names. They've both uh, got K's in, like Kruger, you see. Mind blown. <laughs> um, Destroyer is another one. Um, I fucking hate Destroyer. So boring. I like it. I don't hate it, but the special effects yeah. are horrible. The makeup is so bad. I think it starts off a lot better than it ends. It just turns into a really long chase scene for such a long, long time. It just goes on and on and on. It's set in a prison where Anthony Perkins is playing a film director making a making a film in the prison, but the sets of this real prison look like the fakest prison you've ever seen. <laughs> um, the, the two protagonists, such as they are, are like from the special effects department, but they also do stunts. She's a stunt woman. He's the writer, right? He's the writer. She's a stunt woman. He's the writer. Yeah. Yeah. He's the writer. Yeah. It's, done, it's just all over the place. I don't really understand why they're supposed to be the heroes because they're just there, basically. They're just bystanders. That's how it is um, in a lot of movies. There's, they just end up having a final girl. I mean, these are the people we guy. follow. Like we see them at home yeah, and stuff, and then they go to work. Yeah, yeah, I know. But there's something I think destroys somehow sort of just gets setting them up as characters wrong. It just doesn't feel like there's any reason. They're they're not the most interesting people in that prison, and yet they're the ones we're stuck with for the whole fucking film. I hate it. <laughs> um, the first power, starring Lou Diamond Phillips and Jeff Cober. The killer is pretty a menacing guy. I mean, he looks scary. I mean, just a, he's got that villain face, I guess. Yeah, that's another one where he's um, jumping from body to body, isn't it? It's quite a good film. Yeah, I didn't understand. Right, so the, the killer is the pentagram killer, and I don't understand why the heroine in it keeps like holding a pentagram in his face as if like it's a cross to a vampire. <laughs> Because he's the pentagram killer. I'm sure he's seen a pentagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I suppose it's better than, you know, in Forever Evil when they keep calling them pentagons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they're all American films of that era, but they, they weren't all American, of course. Trust the Italians to jump on the bandwagon. Got Nightmare Beach from Umberto yes. Lenzi. Classic. Favourite, yes. That's the best of this whole subgenre, I reckon. Okay. On. Expand. <laughs> no, that's it. Mic drop. <laughs> Fuck you. It's the best. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. In in this one, even though there are some actual plot twists, which I won't ruin because they're quite good, um, when it's set up, you get a guy called Diablo who is being executed in the electric chair. Oh, he's a biker. And the gang is called Demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gang's called the Demons. Uh, and yeah, Diablo suddenly driving around Miami at spring break with an electric chair strapped to the back of his motorbike, <laughs> killing people on a mobile electric chair. I mean, come on. If that is not the best film in this subgenre, then you need to check yourself. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Um, the 
Demon's Bike Gang, the, the, uh, their, their logo on the back of their leather jackets looks like it's supposed to be the from the poster for yeah. um, Lamberto Barber's yeah. Demons. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So that's a nice touch. Some great little tertiary characters as well, um, like the, the that Joker jerk. <laughs> the guy oh, who's playing oh, he gets on my tits. So. He's, he's like Shelley from Friday the 13th Part 3, yeah. but even more annoying somehow. Yeah. And uh, the, the bizarrely gratuitous uh, jolly prostitute who really loves yeah. her job. <laughs> she loves it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, very yeah. odd character. Um, and John Saxon, who is always a treat. And Michael and Parks. Michael yeah. Parks, Jinx. Yeah, Michael Parks. You know what? I've realised watching these films, I when they first appear on screen, I can never tell if it's John Saxon, Lance Henriksen or Michael Ironside. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, they all look exactly the same to me. That is. They don't look anything alike. (laughs) (laughs) One of the characters I like is um, Ronnie, who's the hero's best mate. Mm. But you can tell you can tell that the um, script wasn't originally written in English because and it must have been translated by a British person, I guess, because Americans don't say I'm telling the whole school you're a bender (laughs) (laughs) or stop being such a wank. I mean, British people don't say stop being such a wank. (laughs) I'm going to from now on. (laughs) (laughs) But also um, that character, Ronnie, his chat up line to a a woman is, I'm a wide receiver, which I think might well work (laughs) in gay clubs. But (laughs) a Canadian take on the genre. Is is it a genre? On the trope is the carpenter. Which is a, a strange one. Kind of arty. That's my yeah, favorite very, of all of them. Very different. I, I think Nightmare Beach is more fun, but I think The Carpenter's maybe a better movie. That's fair. I, I, there's some good direction in it. I, I particularly noticed the uh, when the uh, heroine goes in to get a job in the hardware store. Did you notice how the camera... Um, sort of dollies in on the uh, the guy behind the counter and as it does so he's sort of tapping out a rhythm on yeah. the, on the yes. desk and it's, uh-huh. yeah. it's really cool really nice little touch yeah. um, there's something else like that as well oh yeah when the sheriff's um, explaining about the history of this uh, dead murderer who's come back and um, it's all done while a kitchen timer is ticking in the background and then yeah. just as he like reaches the climax of his little speech it goes ping uh-huh. that's great lovely little touch but for some reason, the, the direction of the kill scenes is shit. Like, when the guy gets his arms sawn off, <laughs> they just, he just stands there. He doesn't even go, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> just stands there. It seems sort of, like, dreamlike, the entire movie, yeah. and especially the kills. It's so, like, weird. So you think that's intentional? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> oh, talking of, was it intentional? I was really confused because Ed, the killer looks exactly the same as the uh, the site manager, the project manager for the, the building work. Do you have, like, issues telling people apart, like, recognising facial features? I think I must do, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can see that, but I just rolled just my died. eyes. That joke just died. <laughs> that was the worst. It's a different one. You don't really... You don't, well, you don't see the execution at all. It's no. barely mentioned, like... Brief, briefly is, yeah, no, I, I actually had to rewind and go, uh-huh. well, hang on, does, does this actually fit into our, our That's scene? what we because do too, rewind so... that scene yeah. where he explains, like, you know, the execution and stuff. Um, it's briefly mentioned, that's it. So, uh. Yeah. But it's strange, it's almost like romance, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Sort of uh-huh. romance, that's it? why I said, like, he's, like, friendly, <laughs> you know, like, he's Ooh. very protective of the woman of the house and very sort of noble. 
and was executed because he, you know, yeah. was f- uh, killing repo men who were yes. trying to take his dream home from him. Mm. Well, I wrote in my review, is this movie weird enough to qualify as art house horror or just poorly made? <laughs> you decide. So. Yeah. I wouldn't really call it poorly made. No, I've seen poorly made movies. Yeah. It's not poorly made. Clumsily made would have been better. And from Mexico, The Infernal Rapist, which is one of my favourite <sighs> things because it's just so it's extremely vile. tasteless. Uh, it's, I mean, it's so tasteless, but it's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you can't really take it seriously. It's stupid and you can't take it seriously until the end because the rapes just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And like by the end, I just, I couldn't, I had to do something on my phone while he was spending, you know, a ridiculous amount of time raping these women. And then in the end, like, spoiler, he dies, but his death is like this, you know, it just so Mm. quick and really? Like he tortures the fuck out of people for the entire movie and then he just (sighs) gets pushed off a building? Hey, at like, least at least you get some high before. I'm I'm yeah. really glad I did I didn't uh-huh. watch this one. This <laughs> sounds yeah. dreadful. I just couldn't bring myself to watch a film called The Infernal Rapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... In the opening scene, uh, the guy gets electrocuted, and then this fabulous Satan. She is fabulous. Yeah, she's like just the most glamorous Satan you ever saw. <laughs> she's like got huge hair, like lovely dresses, and all this loads of bling. And she offers him a second chance at life on the condition. <laughs> no. He invited him. No, yeah, he wanted to have sex with him. <laughs> yeah, like, I was busy this month, but if I wasn't busy, if I'd done literally nothing, I still would not have watched this film. Yeah. Oh, oh fucking the, the police in The Infernal Rapist is useless. He, he, the fucking guy, Carlos, tells everyone his real name. And his nickname. Gets all his victims from the same from the same beauty salon. Yeah, and his nickname. The cat. Gets all his victims from the same beauty salon, which is rapidly depleting in numbers. <laughs> yeah. And and all the people who are, are killed by him uh, announce that they're going out on a date with him and then are never seen again. And yet the police can't figure it out who's killing everyone. Because <laughs> he's dead, right? He was electrocuted. Well, there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is that. that, that. It's a pretty good alibi. When, you, when you've got a film like The Infernal Rapist sitting on your DVD shelves, it's a bit... Yeah, it's like um, on my Asian cinema shelves, I've got the rape after sitting right next to prostitute killers. <laughs> and yeah, when people come around, if they see that on the shelf, they must. Say, oh, <laughs> like, I think I would just leave if I went to someone's house and I saw that. I'd be like, um, I there's an emergency and I have to go now. Bye. <laughs> Well, I don't know if my wife spotted them on the shelves, but she hasn't <laughs> left yet. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's rewind a bit, actually. Prison. We missed prison. Richard. Which is the most important one. The most important one? It's one of the it better ones. It started it. Yeah. And, yeah, it came out in late... Was it 87, Holly, in the UK? It, it was released in the UK, and it was filmed in 86, oh, yeah, and it was right. released in the UK in December of 87, and then oh. the rest of the world in January 88. Yeah, so I think I think okay. Prison and The Chair were the two first movies out of the gate. Well, your thoughts on Prison then, Richard? Uh, I like it a lot. It's Is it Ronnie Harlan's first American movie? No, it's his second film. It's first American yes, film. Yes, yeah. yeah. second film overall. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's well shot. It's got some great effects, courtesy of John Carl Beachler, who directed Friday 7. Kane Hodder shows up, yeah. doing stunts. I, it's quite a good film, I think, Prison, but it's 
I want more out of my horror films. And when I say more, I mean gore. Yeah. And prison is mainly explosions and lighting effects. Yeah. But some of those, the death scenes were like There's really a barbed wire scene, but it's not too bloody Very or gory. Very Tetsuo. Yeah. And, and I've always been disappointed because I remember Fangoria... Uh, had an article on it and it had a really juicy picture of um, it's Rabbit who's got all the bars that have gone through yeah. him and he's like completely mutilated but you don't really see that yeah. that effect on in the finished yeah. film so I've always been disappointed yeah. <laughs> nice. I think I have that photo cut out and put on my bedroom wall <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here of, of things on your wall that, that should not be <laughs> your wife spends a lot of time out the country doesn't she <laughs> <laughs> So we could uh, skip to some more recent uh, films of this ilk, because they haven't all been from 1987 to 90. But they're not all that good, the ones that came after. They've got The Task. That's garbage. About a uh, reality game show in a prison. I didn't watch it. I'm pretty sure I did watch it, and I have no memory. Uh, it's a shame because I was gonna I was gonna ask you how it compares to the real thing, the real reality game shows. Yeah, no comment. Well, I, ima- I imagine they have more than about four people on the crew, and and they yeah. have like sets and cameras yeah. <laughs> instead of just let's put people in the dark for an hour and a half in one corridor. So this is the one where they just went. They were filming and like they literally just went into a building and went, uh, this is a prison and your task is to go in that room and then they all just died, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, And then okay. as it, it likes its twists. It's got plenty of twists <sighs> in through it. I can, I can only half remember it, which I'm guessing means I probably lost interest halfway through and stopped watching. There, there was a lot of just walking around in the dark, so it's easy to mm. lose interest. And a lot of, oh, this is like a really bad thing that's happening. Oh, no, it's not. It's all just pretend over and over again okay. throughout the film. There's another film called The Chair from 2007. That's more, it's, it's, all, it's more of a possession thing. The killer doesn't come back from the dead so much as possess um, a woman, a student, who's uh, moved into this huge house for a student. Her character trait, I've written here, Danielle's only character traits are one, she's on antipsychotic drugs, and two, she likes wanking, because that's basically all that she does. It's a realistic depiction of student life, I think, really. Antipsychotic drugs and wanking. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's what she does. She she builds this torture chair that the uh, killer used to use, and then the first thing she does in it is sit in it and rub herself off. This this sounds... Interesting? No. It's not. It's not. It's really boring. Not really. (laughs) I don't know. A student builds a torture chair and has a wank in it. There's already something that I've not seen before. For good reason. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) And uh, finally, before we move on to our second feature, uh, Uwe Boll's Seed, which is my favourite of all of these films we're talking about, to be honest. Whoa. That's surprising. Bold really? choice. Okay. I was maybe it's because I had low expectations because I've heard nothing but bad things about Uwe Boll, but it left me so shaken. I oh yeah yeah wow. yeah. I, I remember that. being really fucked up by it. Yeah. yeah, I saw it at Fright Fest when Boll was there to present uh, Postal and Seed. As did he do it as a double bill, Sarah? I can't yes. Remember. Yeah. Yes, and did. we all watched Postal, which was very funny. Everybody had a laugh, and then he's like, "And now I was a different film." And then uh, <laughs> out came Seed, and yeah, I think everybody was a bit uh, shocked. I mean, obviously, it starts with the horrific um, yeah. dog 
footage that's just really yeah, so yeah it starts with like 20 yeah. minutes real animal footage of things things decomposing it's literally like two minutes max but it's it feels like forever because it's it's, it's obviously excruciating and of course well, no 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 because because then the the videotapes he sends to cops then he watches yeah. more of them yeah well, and yeah. so that that whole first 20 minutes mm-hmm. is just footage of well starting off animals in this room starving to death and decomposing and then a I can't remember which way around it is, but is it the teenage no, baby girl first? first. I, well, and then, yeah, and then a baby. Now, I get that it says that Peter, uh, the, uh, what was it, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, yeah. um, provided the some of the footage, which presumably is the decomposing footage yeah. for some reason, but presumably not the baby or the teenage girl, and they're equally as realistic, the effects on that. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming he didn't actually murder anyone. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> you yeah, never know. Bold, but he's got his limits. They're very, very realistic effects. Very disturbing. Yeah. And then, of course, there's that bit um, about an hour in where a woman tied to a chair, a single unbroken four-minute tape, just being thwacked around the head with an axe. Yeah, that's until really her, Until her head is just a. I remember that looking way better than it did this time around. But, but the weird thing is, the the effect itself looks terrible because it's CGI. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the sheer like relentlessness Ooh. of that scene yeah. makes it horrible to watch yeah. it is it's yeah. a really disturbing scene yeah. yeah i think i think i didn't even really see the effect because i just had my hand yeah. over my eyes so i just didn't <laughs> because because you know what's happening like you know once after the first few blows land you're just like oh my god and then yeah. it just keeps going and keeps going and you're like i don't think it is all cgi no. because you know the um the camera the camera sort of shakes occasionally which is probably where there's an edit point mm-hmm. yeah. where they you know swap out different different yeah. dummies and that Sure, but I mean, I, I, I'm not criticising the the effect of the scene. It's just even though, you know, sometimes you can, especially if you've already seen the film, you can look at it and go, oh yeah, there is some CGI there. But certainly when I was watching it in the cinema, uh, I found it very intense and, and horrible. I did the first I did the mm-hmm. first time I saw it, but not this time. I could see the CGI yeah. like too yeah. clearly. Even when it's switched to like a dummy head, he still uses CGI and you can s- see the CGI yeah. and it's like, oh, it kind of takes away some of the new effect but like in fairness there's not another way to do it is there no no i mean he could have just you know when the camera shakes there's a cut and a real head is replaced by this dummy head he could just like fill that with fake blood and just hammer it that would would look better instead of all the cgi but i I think he made a film that you're probably not supposed to want to watch twice (laughs) (laughs) well i came to it the other way around that scene because i uh, for some reason i heard about it so i just looked it up on youtube watched that one scene in isolation and i thought "Mm, there's fucking cgi isn't it boring but then watching it in the context of the Mm. whole film Yeah, it's fucking disturbing as shit. It's, yeah, it's a, and, it's and really the ending, the end of the film is just so abrupt and downbeat as well. That it just, yeah, left me shaking. I forgot, I forgot about some of the animal cruelty in the beginning. So I watched it Thursday morning while eating breakfast, and yeah, thank you, Vival, <laughs> for <laughs> making me lose my appetite. I'm, I'm surprised it got an uncut 18 certificate. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, in Britain, I think possibly strong. the unrealisticness of the effects contributed to that. Like if if it doesn't look real that but scene the, the, but, then, the, the, but then you but then you're right the beginning does look super real and is real so yeah, yeah I, think, mm. I think it's maybe just that there's no sexualized violence which is generally what the bbfc yeah that's right. uh have the biggest problems with which is understandable i mean seed doesn't glamorize violence in any way it's uh, i mean in bold's mind at least it's a very very serious anti-violence uh message and there's a sequel as well but it's 
unconnected. It doesn't really fit in with our theme. It's a Hills of Eyes ripoff, and it is awful. It's still Max Seed, the killer from the first movie? Or no? I don't think it's named. Oh, okay. um, it's just a, it's like a, a desert-dwelling family, just like uh-huh. in Hills of Eyes. Um, he looks similar, different actor. And there's a weird bit where um, someone who isn't Max Seed is is knocking someone about the head and there's a little black and white bit of footage from that scene in the original film suddenly okay. flashes up but there's no real connection <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't make any t- the whole film doesn't make any sense it's all shown in completely random order all the scenes it's just bollocks right uh, let's move on to our second feature which is from 2005 directed by Derek Wan and it's called Shadow Dead Riot welcome we have a small group Wonderful ladies here. We're not about punishment. We are about spiritual rehabilitation through physical improvement. Work is good for the soul. It'll be good for you. We haven't met, but we've been acquainted all our lives. What happened in this place? I know just as much as you do. I'm ready now. Show me. Something dead! It's about to start raining blood! Killer executed right here! That was a riot! A massacre! But they didn't die! They're hungry, they're pissed off, and they've got help! At a jail that's recently been converted from a men's prison to a tough women's prison, a hard new inmate called Solitaire causes blood to be spilled all over the place, which in turn causes a zombie uprising, led by the most notorious former criminal of them all, a serial killer called Shadow. So CJ, this was your choice. It was. Uh, Tell us about it. It's a weird one. I always watch, I mean, I've watched Shadow Dead Riot maybe four or five times, and I always go in thinking, oh my god, I love this movie so much, because it is so much just wall-to-wall sex, violence, fighting. It's just everything. You know, it combines a lot of Hong Kong-style action, martial arts stuff uh, with zombie mayhem, uh, you know, tons of gore. It's a woman in prison movie with all of those tropes, you know, the group shower scenes and, and what have you. It's also got echoes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and that kind of mythos and um, I think Solitaire is quite a Buffy-like character uh, so you've just got all these different things thrown in and it's only a 90 minute film and yet it just it kind of feels very long and very not because it's just it's, it's just so much and I just yeah, admire it yeah. for being so ambitious given that it's quite low budget uh, and, and also pure exploitation cinema uh, and I just I like it I think it's 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 an unusual film there's a lot to like. It's not perfect, uh, but I think it's made with its heart in the right place. Uh, and yeah, it's yeah different. <laughs> uh, Sarah, I've seen this film a lot of times as well, and also yeah, went into it with some misplaced affection. I think because uh, on rewatch, I think it's pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's got a couple of things that are kind of fun, but it is, as you say, it's an exploitation film, and it's just really cheap. And in a really bad way, like the cheapest thing seems to be the actors. Like the acting is so bad, mm. just relentlessly bad that it just makes it really hard to watch. I think the color grading makes it hard to watch. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. It looks horrible. It does look think, horrible. 
I think like the actors were hired more because they were willing to do crazy stunts or lots of nudity rather than lots of showers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of showers. And we're back to your porn connection again because of Misty Monday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Misty Monday. Uh, tell us about Misty Monday then. Well, Misty Monday uh, has appeared in a large number of softcore porn parodies, uh, things like Playmate of the Apes, uh, and the Bear Witch Project, I believe is another one. Uh, she plays Dildo Saggins in Lord of the G-Strings. Yep. Uh, dild- dildo, I get as a pun on Bilbo. Saggins? Very nice. Not There's not really anywhere to go from Baggins, is there? Yeah. I mean... I don't know, I think just Dildo Baggins. Banging. Baggins. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, Misty Monday then uh, made, to some extent, a transition into straight cinema like this and the excellent Masters of Horror episode, Sick Girl, uh, that Lucky McKee directed. That counts as a proper CJ Lines post-porn fact. Post-porn fact, post-porn fact, post-porn fact, that's what CJ's good at. <laughs> Amazing. There we go. Yes. Make that? That's, that's brilliant. I'd have finally got to use that. <laughs> I think one of our more, most recent movies is called, is it Dick Shark? Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that what's his name? Bill yeah. Zebub. Yeah, I think that so. guy. Oh, he's fucking. Oh, I saw. I saw Ant Farm. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Holly, what did you think of it? Uh the ending was better than the first part, but I didn't. I didn't think too much of it. When all the zombies turn up, you know. Yeah, and the and the and the like mutant baby. Yeah. That oh was, yeah. That was the highlight yeah. for me. Did you notice uh, there's got actual zombies from Night of the Living Dead and Zombie... Bill Heinzman is the... Richard told me he was the Romero zombie. Yep, from Night of the Living Dead. And also the big fat one from the start of Zombie Flesh Eaters is the the same actor who is in Fortress film. Yeah, he's called called, (laughs) Lucho Zombie. (laughs) So I thought that was a nice touch. Um, There's a lot of little references though, isn't there? Like the way the the lesbian warden is called Elsa Thorne. Elsa Thorne. (laughs) Which is a nice mashup of Elsa and Dan Thorne. But yeah. Yeah. And there's a warden called Franco as well. Yeah. You, can see, you can see where, you know, what these guys have watched and what, what they were trying yeah. to do. There are surprisingly few guards and wardens in that prison, aren't there? But it wasn't, like really, it wasn't a prison, was it? It was like an experimental rehabilitation centre, kind of yeah. like yeah. the chair. Yeah. But they're all in, like, cells. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> prison by any other name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you picked this. When you first picked this, I, I don't think I've even Thank heard of you. it. It was 2006. I was like, ah, oh, shit, 2006. Yeah. Uh, a bit skeptical. Then it started. And I uh, first saw, like, action director Tony Lung Sihang from Hong Kong. I was like, whoa. Yeah. He does the action. Yeah, he's and the director, Derek Wan, is an accomplished uh, yeah, cinematographer from Hong Kong. He did, like, Fist of Legend and In Line of Duty. Yeah, Legacy of Raid with Brandon Lee, his, his only uh, Hong Kong movie. Royal Warriors with Michelle. Yeah, whatever. Richard was like, oh, I love the cinematography because it was always just pointed at a girl's ass in ah. her underwear, <laughs> like crawling. He's like, oh, I love the cinematography in ah. this. <laughs> it's nice to look at. <laughs> um, my my favourite bit is where Shadow stabs one of the prisoners in the head and then like drinks the blood yeah. as it's all spurting out. That's pretty, pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some great gore. Um, but I, yeah, it's almost like there's too much in it to yeah. remember. Really, there's yeah. so much. There's. Uh, do you think the bit where the uh, baby bites the nipple is a homage <laughs> to the yes. bark in burial ground? Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe. 
I thought it was really gross when milk came out after the yeah. blood. I don't know why I have all the things. I'm like, oh, that was so gross. Because <laughs> there's a lot of like gross that, stuff that in there. It's escalation too far, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like, it's a pretty gross scene anyway, and then the milk. The is blood just, is fine, yeah, but when the milk much. came out, like, ill. <laughs> the trailer I played earlier was from the normal trailer. On the Blu-ray, there's a Grindhouse-style trailer where they tried to do it in the style of a 70s um, Grindhouse movie with this really awful vo- voiceover. Um Listen to the enthusiasm in this guy's voice. Very cool grindhouse vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a sort of a, a recommendation from us for Shadow Dead, right? I guess it's flawed. I thought it was a lot of fun. Especially the Saudi baby. Something to enjoy in it. Okay, let's play Scary Noises. After five games of Scary Noises, CJ and Sarah have won two, Holly and Richard have won two, and your cumulative scores are 14 to CJ and Sarah and 13 to Holly and Richard. Who'd have thought it would come this close when we first started this game? <laughs> Who'd have thought any of us would have any points when we first started I didn't think I would get any. <laughs> <laughs> right, so of course, uh, one half of each pair is from our theme of Death Row Demons. So here's your first pair of Scary Noises. Games? You talk about games? I saw you on oh, TV. Oh, who's that? CJ. Uh, is the music from Shocker? No. Did you have a clue on the dialogue at all? Um, games, games, games. Um, uh, the uh, full moon high. No. <laughs> That's wild <laughs> <games>. <laughs> Holly and Richard. Here you can hear the whole thing. I'm going to play games. Games? You talk about games? I saw you on TV celebrating a man's execution like it was a party. Bye-bye, Patrick. Adios. Good riddance. Except he's back. You might have executed his body, but his spirit has been released. Horror show? I don't remember whose name was Patrick. Yeah, I don't remember called Patrick. No. Okay, no, nothing there. Okay, so the music was from a Serbian film, and the dialogue was from The First Power. I haven't uh, seen either of those. No, you know me. <laughs> Doing right, well so second. far. Mm. Here's the second pair. TJ? <laughs> that is Sword and Stone from Shocker by Bonfire. Yeah, that is Shocker, but you didn't hear any of the dialogue. And I, I I'm sorry, I just really guess. wanted just to guess. get the Shocker just soundtrack. Guess. It's one of my favourites. Guess something right, at gonna, random. It could be guess. literally any horror film. Guess uh, Full Moon High again. <laughs> <laughs> is it Full Moon High? <laughs> it's not Full Moon High. Here's the whole thing, so the, just the dialogue to get Holly and Richard. Rufus is terrified of him. When Wes comes in, he runs and hides. Rufus runs and hides all the time. It's very pathetic. Yes, but not when we're together. Then he's all over us, trying to get your attention. And... I haven't even heard him. Usually he at least knocks something over when I'm here. Were they talking about a dog or something? Sound like, like Jeff Bridges. They're talking about a cat. Strays? No. It's Reanimator. Huh. Here's number three. It'll be criminal manslaughter for me, of course. Oh, God. I, I don't want to get you into trouble, Mr. Christie. Well, I'm not just thinking yeah, about it. I'm going to take a guess at Nightmare Beach for the music. Correct. And Christine for the dialogue. No, I know why you said that. Hit the post. Right, Holly and Richard, here's the dialogue for you. It'll be 
criminal manslaughter for me, of course. Oh, God. I, I don't want to get you into trouble, Mr. Christie. Well, I'm not just thinking about me so much. I'm not the only one involved. You knew all about it, didn't you? I know it. Everything? No. Music was Nightmare Beach, as CJ said. The dialogue, Ten Relenton Place. Christie there being John Christie, the real-life murderer. So, uh, it's currently 2-0 uh, to CJ and Sarah. Here's number four. My name is Mila Harker. Yes, I know you are. How did I get here? I found you lying unconscious on the path. The wolves? These forests can be very dangerous. I also recovered your horse. No. I mean, it's some kind of Dracula, but fuck knows Wolf's what. Forest. Uh, the Wolfman. Can I take a guess on the music? Yeah, go on. I think it could be House 3, the horror show. Nope. What, the music or the dialogue? The music, I thought it was House 3. Okay. I already forgot what the music sounded like. Uh, uh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, what did, what did you uh, say? <laughs> I Are said. Are going to have a go at the dialogue? No, because I just heard them say Mina Harker, which means it's some form of Dracula related something, but there's yeah. about 200 Dracula is, adaptations. Is it Dracula Sucks? Is this a <laughs> No. <laughs> I, got, I didn't recognise it any more specifically than that. Okay. It was, uh, the music was The Infernal Rapist, and <sighs> the dialogue was from Dario Argento's Dracula. Oh, for oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Which I've actually seen, but yeah. Yeah. That film. Fuck it. If you'd gone, ah, a grasshopper, then I might have guessed that that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got the 3D Blu ray. I might watch it tonight. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah, but not, not in 3D. Watch it again? Because it's not that bad. It's fun. Yes, it is. Right, here's the fifth one. How come I've never heard of this show? How do we know this is not some sort of frat house prank? Right. This is actually our third show, but we won't be on air until the fall. And as for knowing if this is anything more than a college... Go on. Sarah? Well, I'm guessing the dialogue's the task. Yeah. And no idea what the music is. Okay. Um, Can I have a guess at the music? Yeah, go on. Is it Full Moon High? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Yes. no, what's going to happen here is next month it will be full moon high and none of us will get it. <laughs> uh, Holly and Richard, here is uh, the music for you. How come I've never heard of this show? How do we know this is not some sort of frat house prank? Right. This is actually our third show, but we won't be on air until the fall. And as for knowing if this is anything more than a college prank, you'll just have to play for the money to find out. You'll be asked to perform a series of tasks. Oh, dolls? I don't know. Yay! Really? Wow! I knew it sounded very Richard Band, so I was like, oh. Okay, cool. Right, so it's uh, 3-1 with one to go, so you could still overtake Holly and Richard. Here we go. Here's the final pair of scary noises. So I gave him a little more juice because I know he was still smiling and I could smell his flesh under that hood and I knew his eyes were popping out but he was still smiling. So I kicked him a little more. Um, is that you buzzing, Holly? Yeah, hey. is, is, is the dialogue horror show? House 3? No. Did you get the music? Teen Wolf. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, CJ and Sarah, who uh, got the music and the dialogue to guess here. So I gave him a little more because I know he was still smiling and I could smell his flesh under that hood and I knew his eyes were popping out but he was still smiling 
so I kicked in a little more. So what you're telling me is, is that Mosher's still alive? Ah. I'm telling you Ivan Mosher is half alive. No. What was... Uh, wait, did they say, uh, did they say his guess. name? Yeah. Somebody's still alive. They yeah. did say his name. What was the name? Say his name? I couldn't catch I it. I don't know. Don't say anything, Richard. <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't. Because I was gonna, I was gonna question. suggest it was Seed, but I don't think it is. I'm surprised. I'm surprised none of you got the music, like, because the music was the Evil Dead. Is and wait, wait, um, wait. The... Can, can I guess the dialogue? Or yeah, go on. Is it the Carpenter? No, it's Destroyer. Destroyer. <laughs> so the final score there is three-one <laughs> to CJ and Sarah. Well done. So that's another episode wrapped up. I think we can all get time off for good behaviour and I'll just leave you by saying please give us nice reviews on iTunes. It helps get the word out. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter and Letterboxd and you can now email us at dx5podcast at gmail.com. Next month, it's Richard's turn to choose. So what have you gone for? The Burning? Yep, that's Campsite Carnage next month on Devil Times 5 when our features will be The Burning and Body Count. Until then, thanks for listening.